you've heard from the players, the coaches, and the pundits. So now is your turn to react to yesterday's Packers game. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open at 855-616-1620. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City, this is the Monday Morning Quarterback with Steve Scafidi and Brian D. MVS off that stack in motion to the left. Give is Darren Jones up the middle. Breaks through. 30, cutting left. 35, he's to the 40. 45 to the 50 down the left sidelines. Still on his feet. Cuts it back. 25, 20. He's got a chance to the 10 to the 5. To the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. Aaron Jones. 77 yards to the north end zone for the dagger. Monday morning quarterback, Steve Scafidi, Brian D. Brian D., let's get right to it. 30-16, to 16, Packers take down the Eagles for three quarters. It was a snoozer, 20-3, to three, I think, going into the fourth quarter. And then a little excitement got things uh, and got Packers' uh, blood boiling a little bit. Uh, your, your thoughts about yesterday's game? Yeah, so the Packers did what they were supposed to do and against an inferior opponent, but you're right. Uh, it got too close for comfort late in the game, and this was something I tweeted about. Uh, in the fourth quarter yesterday as I was watching. like I, I almost fell asleep early in the fourth quarter. It was just that kind of football game. The Packers were comfortably ahead. They scored some touchdowns. And it just it, it wasn't a terribly exciting game until it was. And then all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts gets inserted into the game for the Eagles. He throws a touchdown pass on a long fourth down. And then three plays later, the Packers are punting and bang to the house. The Eagles all of a sudden are down by one score. So they've kind of uh, adopted this concerning trend in home games at Lamb of letting inferior teams hang around too long. They did it against the Vikings. The Vikings won. They did it against the Jaguars. They were able to eke out a victory. And yesterday, able to survive. But this is something that needs to get nipped in the bud before it becomes a bigger issue. Yeah, and you talk about a couple of trends. One of them is this this tendency by the Packers to give up long plays, mm-hmm. the passing plays. Uh, the one that stood out yesterday, of course, was the touchdown pass. Uh, fourth and long, I think it was about 18 or 19 yards, Seemed like the Packers were out of sorts. There were, even though their defense played well, they had, I think they had six or seven sacks in the game. They, um, at times seemed like they weren't in the right places. Did you have a sense that even with a good result, nice win, 30 to 16, there are points in this game when the defense seemed confused a little bit. Yeah, and I think there's a reason for that, and this is something I asked Wayne Larravee about on Wisconsin's Morning News uh, earlier this morning. Um, obviously, the Packers were not game-planning defensively to see Jalen Hurts come into the game like he did in the second half, right? Uh, he is a vastly different quarterback than Carson Wentz is. Carson Wentz is not very mobile. He's a drop-back passer. Uh, Jalen Hurts can move, and you saw a lot of that. He was running around. He was extending plays with his legs. And I think the Eagles going forward are probably going to make the switch route to him as their starter because of the performance he put on against the Packers defense yesterday. But uh, it didn't surprise me that he was having some success because when you game plan for one guy and all of a sudden another guy comes into the game, your game plan kind of gets thrown out the window and you, you have to adjust on the fly. Uh, Mike from Heartland has already jumped on the lines, and you can join the conversation. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I know a win is a win, but it always seems that when the Packers are leading at halftime, they always take their foot off the accelerator for the second half. It's almost like they're playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win. 
Thanks to Aaron Jones. We'll get to Aaron Jones in a second. Yeah. Uh, the, the heart attack pack, he says, Mike from Heartland. Yeah. What do you I, think? I don't know if I'm going to adopt the heart attack pack quite yet, but th- there is a little bit of a tendency to take the foot off the accelerator. Yesterday, it, it wasn't taking the foot off the accelerator, though. It, it, it's almost like they hammered it a little too hard at certain points, and it got him into trouble. Um, when it got down to a two-score game, the Packers came out, I think it was 23-10 to 10 at the time, in the middle of the fourth quarter, uh, after Jalen Hurts had thrown that touchdown pass that we were just talking about on fourth down and they came out and they threw it three times and two of them were incompletions and one was a short completion and they ended up punting and then the punt went back for a touchdown with like six and a half minutes left on the clock doesn't it just seem like the right thing to do to run it a couple times bleed some clock maybe make the eagles use a timeout or two it just it, it seems like play calling for one reason or another in some of these situations isn't what it should be and I, I don't know if I'd phrase it as, you know, taking your foot off the accelerator as just not executing as well as you should when you're ahead late in the fourth quarter. One more trend that uh, I wasn't aware of until I was scrolling through social media this morning. There have been four punt returns turned for return for touchdowns in the NFL this year. The Packers have given up two of those, yep. Brian. Yeah, and it, neither one has been a game that they've lost, which is good. Uh, the, the other one was against the Jaguars at Lambeau Field a couple of weeks back. So the, the special teams miscues have not bitten them yet. The key word is yet. This is something you have to get rectified before the playoffs because the last thing you want to do in a playoff game when it's going to be tight, and we'll talk about the NFC playoff picture because it's getting really crowded, uh, um, the last thing you want to do against a good football team is basically give them an extra scoring possession with no time running off the clock, which is what happens when you give up a special team's touchdown. So, yeah, if there's if there's been a weak point or if there was one in yesterday's game, it was certainly special teams. Here's Brian D. I am Steve Scafidi. This is Monday Morning Quarterback, heard right here on every Victory Monday or Tuesday in some cases. We I think we even had a Victory Friday at some point in, during the season. Uh, we'll take your questions and calls, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Lots more to get to. We'll talk about the good news yesterday. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and a whole lot more Aaron Jones as well. That's coming up next right here on WTMJ. Motion to the right side from Lazard. Quick toss left side. Devontae's got it. He gets by Slay to the pylon for the end zone. Touchdown! Devontae Adams with a touchdown reception. And for Aaron Rodgers, his 400th career touchdown pass. He's the fastest of 400 in NFL history. Monday morning quarterback Brian D. Steve on this uh, Monday edition. Victory Monday here in WTMJ. Brian, the brilliance of Aaron Rodgers is, is self-evident. I think most people realize that. But I was watching the, uh, the Chiefs-Denver game last night, and I made a comment on social media that I felt like I was watching a master class in quarterback, and that was Patrick Mahomes. The same thing can be said about Aaron Rodgers. When you watch him play, some of the pockets that he had to, he had to navigate through and, and, the, and the little tight windows to pass and and dropping passes into the receiver's hands I don't know that I've seen him play better in his career than I saw him play this season, and especially yesterday. Yeah, Rodgers and Mahomes are just on a different level right now, and that is why they are the two leaders right now for the NFL's MVP award. You know what it comes down to, Steve? I mean, obviously, athletic skill and talent is something that both of those guys have uh, in oodles and oodles. They have tons of it, but they are diagnosing what's happening before the ball is even snapped. They know exactly what they're going to do, exactly what they're going to get, how to manipulate a defense. They're just 
so experienced in those ways. The elite quarterbacks in the National Football League are the guys that win with their head, not necessarily with their body. We've seen guys with incredible physical gifts flame out or not have success at all in the National Football League. It's because they couldn't diagnose what defenses are doing. So um, yeah, a lot of these defenses, when it comes to the Chiefs and the Packers, are just getting outsmarted by the quarterbacks. And you know, I, I think about guys like Jamarcus Russell, right, who got drafted out of LSU by the Raiders in 2007. He was a physical specimen and was out of the league in like 12 weeks because he just couldn't mm-hmm. figure it out. So um, that's that is where Aaron Rodgers is really elite is where he's winning with his brain and the way he manipulates defenses before the ball is even snapped. And the other thing that stands out to me is you talk about this Packers passing game. They've, they've had a lot of injuries, a lot of movement, movement on their offensive line, yet they still seem to be able to figure it out, protect Aaron Rodgers as much as they can, and, and we'll get to this in a second, uh, find lanes for their running backs to move through pretty efficiently and pretty well. Yeah, and that's a credit to one guy in particular, Stephen. That's Elton Jenkins, the second-round pick from a couple of years ago. Uh, he has played pretty much every position along that offensive line in his couple years in the league. And yesterday, uh, Corey Lindsley is out. He's going to be out for three weeks now because he's got an MCL issue uh, starting center. So Elton Jenkins just slides in there and no issues. Like Normally when you see a backup center in a game or, or somebody that's not used to that, you're going to see a couple snaps that don't look correct or you're going to see um, some botched protections and things of that nature you saw none of that yesterday and it's a credit to Elton Jenkins being probably the most versatile offensive lineman in the National Football League especially for a young guy and Rogers sung his praises last week because he understands that better than anybody how difficult it is to communicate along that offensive line for pass blocking for run blocking Uh, it's a credit to Elton Jenkins and 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 really a credit to Brian Gutekunst for drafting him uh, that they've been able to hold that unit together really well all season long. And we can't talk about the Packers without talking about the other Aaron. And again, last night, 130 yards uh, rushing the ball. Just a fantastic play to seal it late. I can't say enough enough good things about what he does with the football, whether it's passing it or uh, whether receiving the ball from Aaron Rodgers or running it. He has just been spectacular this year. Yeah, he's just dynamic, and obviously he's motivated trying to get a new contract and get paid this upcoming offseason, but you're right, that run late in the game that was the dagger that put things away, Steve, for the Packers, it was reminiscent for me of of two runs that I've seen before in the NFL. One was earlier this year against the Packers. Remember when Alvin Kamara from the Saints kind of just juked out Mm -hmm. like seven or eight guys in the Packers? It was very reminiscent of that run, where regardless of who was trying to tackle him, Aaron Jones was not going to be denied in terms of getting into the end zone. And then the other one was uh, the affectionately dubbed Beast Quake from Marshawn Lynch for the uh, the Seahawks back in 2006 or 7, I believe, against the Saints in the playoffs, where he just rumbled through the entire defense uh, and got to the end zone. So you're not going to see many guys in the history of the NFL that can do the things that Aaron Jones can with the football in his hands. And uh, I think maybe the most spectacular part of that run wasn't anything Aaron Jones did, but the fact that David Bakhtiari beat him to the end zone. He was just just bold Bowling down the sideline. Unbelievable to see the big fella get down there and do some blocking. I don't know how much David Bakhtiari weighs. I'm guessing it's a lot, but he was, uh, I guess they said he ran almost like 17 miles per hour and he made it all the way down the field. I think he beat, at one point, beat Aaron Jones to the end zone. Yeah, that was, David it was incredible. Bakhtiari, 311 pounds and the, uh, the next gen stats, this is according to Rob Domofsky of ESPN.com, 16.75 miles an hour. Steve, I got to believe that's like when a planet is moving or like an asteroid. You get inertia behind it like you learn about in fifth grade science class. That's what happened to David Bakhtiari in that run. Uh, 
DeAndre from Racine joins us on the Acton Morgan's Talking Text Line. He has a text question. Mike Patton wants to make teams burn a clock and take 10 to 15 plays to march downfield, to march downfield which is great if you can close in and make tackles. Packers don't do that well. I'd love to see Patton be more aggressive and put the clamps on the team late in the game. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think there's uh, an element of that late in games because obviously the Packers are ahead a lot late in these games, and if you're using up a bunch of clock, it gives teams less time to, to mount comebacks. Um, you know, But I, I think teams are trying to do that in the first half to the Packers. They're trying to bleed clock because their best defense is keeping Aaron Rodgers off the football field. So there's definitely some validity to what Keandre and Racine is saying there. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Late in games, he needs to be more aggressive in the play calling and trying to get after the quarterback and not letting teams dink and dunk down the field and keep their hopes of, of a comeback alive. You know, the encouraging thing for Packers fans and, and for the team is the fact that despite whatever happens, and you're right, they, they burned a lot of clock on the Eagles for his drive and ended in a field goal. The Packers seem to respond with these long drives to, 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 to respond to those, and they do it in successive drives. I think there was, again, a situation like, like the previous game where like three straight drives ends in touchdowns. That's pretty efficient football. Yeah, for sure. And you're absolutely right, Steve. I mean, the Eagles opened up with a 15 play, seven minute drive that ended in a field goal to open the game yesterday. A couple of punts by both teams after that, but then the Packers responded with a 14 play, 88 yard touchdown drive. They had a 99 yarder in the second half that took four minutes so you're right the Packers have always had a response offensively to when teams try to do that with them I think the only instance where they came up a little bit short was that Colts game and that was just a back and forth affair between two really good football teams and they came up on the short end but they they seem to have had a response every time uh, an opponent has thrown that at them and I heard the broadcasters last night on the uh, Sunday night game talking about this but how how good Brian do you think this Packers team is are they are they Super Bowl ready are they a team that can get that far Yes, but like the NFC, and we can talk about this in our next segment, Steve. The NFC, every single team has a flaw. That's that's the reason I say that they're a Super Bowl caliber team because the Packers have flaws too. Their run defense is a gigantic flaw that if if they go up against a Dalvin Cook or somebody good in the playoffs, uh, we're not going to feel a tremendous amount of confidence that they're going to be able to come up with a victory. But the Saints have flaws. I mean, they've been banged up. Drew Brees is over the hill and he hasn't played in three weeks. He's getting closer, uh, but offensively, that's not the team that it once was. Um, the Seahawks have an explosive offense, but a defense that can get gashed by anyone and everyone, including the New York Giants yesterday. So everybody in the NFC's got a flaw, and that's the reason I think the Packers can get through this year is because there's not one dominant team in the NFC. Now, when it comes to the Super Bowl, I mean, obviously we would love for them to get that far. You're going to run into some really solid football teams out of the AFC because, as we've talked about on Monday Morning Quarterbacks in the past, that is the dominant conference this year. Something in my uh, in my gut or my maybe my heart says that uh, we could be looking at a Packers uh, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. Which wouldn't that be entertaining with the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, Brian? Oh, it'd be fantastic! Rodgers and Mahomes going at it. And Steve, we got robbed of that last year. Do you remember the Packers right, made yeah. a trip in prime time to Kansas City, and Patrick Mahomes had just injured himself, so that was going to be top billing uh, in a prime time game between Rodgers and Mahomes last year. And Matt Moore ended up starting the football game, which which definitely took some juice out of it. But man, uh, with the Vince. Lombardi trophy on the line and those two dudes going back and forth. What I think the ratings for that one be through the roof. He is Brian D. This is Monday morning quarterback. Lots more to get to. Four games remaining in the regular season. Include the Detroit Lions, who uh pulled one out in Chicago yesterday. We'll get to the uh the future for this team in the next four weeks, regular season, and the uh the playoff picture as we know it. Monday morning quarterback right here on WTMJ. Eagles to the line of scrimmage in the shotgun. Hurts got Sanders to his right. 
Rager to the left side, slots it up to the right. Now here's the snap. Hurts hit as he throws right side. Diving grab on the interception. Diving grab by Darnell Savage. His third interception in two games. Monday morning quarterback, Steve's committee, Brian D. And, uh, Brian, that uh, that late interception, uh, that was a piece of work. That was a nice, nice defensive play yesterday by Savage. Spectacular play by Darnell Savage. He had, uh, he's got three interceptions in his last two games now. He picked off Mitchell mm-hmm. Trubisky twice, and then the acrobatic uh, pick at the end of yesterday's game. A lot of fun to see him go flying through the air like that. Uh, before we get to the uh, the remaining four games and, and the uh, the playoff uh, potential for this team, uh, one, one of the... Uh, the texters on the Acton Morgan's talking text line, Roger from Richfield. Good morning, Steve. Can someone please teach our punter to tackle? I don't um, know they've spent a lot of time teaching those guys to tackle anybody. Here's the deal, Roger. Uh, if if the punter has to tackle, something has gone horribly <laughs> wrong with the other ten guys on the field. He's out there to do one thing, and that's punt that football into oblivion. He's not supposed to be tackling. That's an indictment of the special teams coordinator and the ten other guys. He doesn't need to be in that position in the first place. If nothing else, his uh, his attempted tackles on the two punt returns this year are, are good for the uh, the blooper reel yes. for the end of season banquet because uh, he is he is absolutely not even close to making a tackle on either one of those plays. All right, let's talk about it. the Packers. Have four remaining games. They go to Detroit next week. Detroit had a big game in Chicago yesterday. Panthers, Titans, and they close it all out on January third against the Chicago Bears, who are just reeling right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, they are. They've lost six games in a row now, and they are really struggling to the point where I think there's going to be some front office changes in Chicago. And, Steve, we talked about this after last week's game when the Packers just smoked them. I mean, they're, they're going to have to do a full-on rebuild, and it all gets back to um, you know the, making the wrong selection at quarterback in the draft a couple of years ago. That can implode your entire mm-hmm. franchise, and that's what happened in Chicago. From a Packers perspective, though, I think the toughest game left on their schedule, there's no bones about it, it's going to be Tennessee at home in a couple of weeks' time. But even that team, who has been one of the better teams in the NFC, or excuse me, the AFC all season long, uh, got smoked by the Cleveland Browns yesterday, who are somehow 9-3 and for the first time in forever. So uh, I, I think it just goes to show you there aren't a lot of dominant teams in the National Football League this year. Everybody, the Packers included, has a flaw, and that's going to create a really crazy, fun, unpredictable playoff picture this year. Yeah, and before we get out of here, the Packers are one game behind the Saints. Now, the Saints have a tough game coming up in a few weeks yeah. against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, So, and a tiebreaker goes to the Packers. So there's a real chance this Packers team could be the only team with a bye for the first week of the playoffs. Yeah, and that's so important this year, number one, because there's only one of those, Steve, you're right. But number two, you start to break down the potential first-round matchups for the Packers in the playoffs. You're looking at, okay, if they get the number two seed, Minnesota's currently the seven. We all know how that went last time. I don't want to see mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook again. Maybe Tampa Bay slips, or maybe the Packers slip and get number three. Uh, all of a sudden, you're playing the Buccaneers in the first round. We saw how that went last time. Maybe Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals sneak into the picture. That's not a quarterback that I want to have to see this Packers defense deal with. So that number one seed, if they can finagle their way in there, that's going to be hugely important to their Super Bowl hopes. Brian D., let's do it again next Monday. Always great to talk to you. This is Monday Morning Quarterback. After the break, after the news, of course, Monday's with Carol Kane. A little bit different today. Carol's going to join us on the phone. Just an hour with the uh, radio legend from Milwaukee. (laughs) But we'll have fun. Yesterday was her birthday. Don't tell anybody. And don't tell anybody I told her that. Uh, But we'll have fun with that and a whole lot more. The news is next right here on WTMJ.